Good morning, everyone. Welcome along. Good to see you. Uh, Kevin's uh, here already, which is awesome. Kevin, good morning, mate. Good evening to you. Good morning to me and the rest of the crew here in Oz. All the way from Florida. Good to see you, mate. Uh, Alison is there too. Alison, how are you? Beck, Alex, raining in Kansas. It's been absolutely bucketing down here on the Gold Coast as well. Rained all night. I'm surprised my internet's still working. Usually when it rains, the cable bloody, the cable tunnels fill up with water and the internet poops itself. But anyway, there you go. Good to see you, Alex. Welcome along, folks. While things are getting warmed up and people are jumping on the live, do the old intros as we do. Most of you know this, Jason is my name. So that's good. Uh, if you don't know that, now you do. Uh, welcome along if you're new. If, uh, if this is your first or maybe you found us, you've joined our coaching mentoring program, uh, whatever it is, you're in one of our Facebook groups. Fabulous to have you here. Thanks for joining and um, welcome along. Hey, each morning we get together, 10 past eight, we talk about the idea of uh, property investing and going the distance, building a property portfolio and making sure we can last, we can go uh, get to the destination. That's what we do. We try and sort out a bit of the fear from the fact. And for the last two weeks, we've been diving into the theory, the concept, the strategies, the tactics of property investing. Uh, and uh, we've probably got another another one or two uh, wealth coffee chats to roll, and then we'll uh, probably change gears and get into what's going in the market. But that's what we're up to today, folks. Good to have you here. If you are new, or if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling interactive, chuck a chuck a message in the chat. Say a quick hello, give us a shout out, uh, and uh, get a little active. Always good to get a little bit of feedback. Fantastic. Let's rock and roll this morning. What have we been up to uh, in the last few days? Uh, most of you, most of you have been on uh, on in the mornings to have a little look at this one, folks. And uh, we've been talking about the four, that's right, the four quadrants of, put that up there, no, nah, it doesn't look any good. Um, the four quadrants when it comes to uh, property investing or any investing, I think, uh, in, uh, in uh, what we're up to. And what do we need to do with these four quadrants and these things, your income, your assets? We've done that over the last two days. If, you're, if you missed those two, go back to the last two days and have a look at income and assets. Not all income is created equal. Not all assets are created equal uh, and which one and which sequence and what's better for uh, what time uh, and whose strategy. So we've, we've looked at those. But today, ladies and gents, today I want to look uh, below the line. So the last couple of days we've talked about how do we increase our income and assets because that, folks, is the point. We want those to go up. But what we're going to do today and uh, on Monday is we're going to look at these ones, taxes and debts, uh, and how do we reduce them or manage them or make them effective for you and I when it comes to the world of property investing uh, and uh, earning income and uh, having capital gains and how do we manage our taxes effectively. So we're going to dive into taxes today um, and uh, it's kind of like well, what would I call it? I wouldn't call it my favourite. I wouldn't call it my favourite, but it's the one we can um, 
have the most impact on medium to long-term folks and long-term for sure. Chris, morning to you, mate. Luke, how are you? Good to see you. Um, it's the one we can have the most positive impact or have it have the most negative impact on our investing if we don't get this right, if we don't get it right, folks, uh, as we go. So what are the four taxes? What are the four taxes that we are exposed to as property investors? Chuck it in the chat. Um, chuck it in the chat, folks, and let me know. Yeah, unemployment's up a little. Uh, inflation's down a little, Jeff. Uh, there's a lot of talk about interest rates going down sometime this year, which is great news. Uh, we won't see them go up this year, which is even better news. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All right, tell me, folks, in the chat, most of you know this, what taxes do we um, do we have to manage as property investors and how can we manage them, right? How can we manage them? Morning, Aaron. Good to see you, mate. Beautiful. Uh, and yep, you're on it, Beck. Uh, you've got a few there. Uh, PAYG, stamp duty, capital gains, tax for sure. What's the one? Oh, there we go. Chris has got it. There's one that was missing. Right. So number one, your income tax. Can we manage that? Yes, we can. Number two, uh, capital gains tax. Can we manage that? Yes, we can. Number three, land tax. Bastards, you know. Um, and then number four, stamp duty, which is technically... They don't call it a tax, but it's a damn tax, isn't it? Like, let's just call a spade a spade, you lot. <laughs> damn, you know, the, uh, um, the, the politicians call it by another name and then the, then the uneducated masses won't know. Yeah, you know, stuff you, you lot. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's. So income tax, capital gains tax, land tax and stamp duty. Let's look at this. Let's break them down each one at a time. All right. Let's have a quick look at uh, income tax as we go. All right, check out these numbers. Anyone know what these numbers are? I'm going to put these up up the, up the top. This is 120K. I worked this out before. Uh, 150K and then 180K. And um, if, you, if you were PAYG, if you were PAYG, uh, listen, it doesn't even matter if you're PAYG. At the end of the day, it, uh, it, it matters not whether it's PAYG, uh, it's the, if this is the declared income either via a business owner or a PAYG, if you declared or earned 120 grand between you and a you and a partner, it can be an individual or a partner, 150 or 180, right? Tell me, what would the taxes be over a 40-year working life, folks? Anyone want to have a guess? Just have a rough guess. Just have a rough guess. Chuck it in the chat for me if you want to. So you go to work for 40 years of your life and on average you know you might start out at 50 grand and you might average out at 120 over your life you know 150 180 put it in the chat just have a little guess put some put some numbers in there because i think for many of us we need to realize and understand this is just income tax by the way right right this is not you know rates on your property yeah check this out right this one <coughs> this one here $2.4 million. $2.4 million in income tax. Folks, are you kidding me? Right? But you know what? Here's an idea. Here's an idea. You know, Luke, Chris, Beck, um, you know, Aaron, you know, work harder, folks. 
get a promotion, do better in your life uh, so we can tax you more, right? And then we can jam you 3.5 million bucks. 3.5 million. And over here, $4.2 million. Million dollars, right? That's the income tax, folks. Out of your pocket, that goes to the government. Now, I don't know about you. Tell me, Luke, Chris, Beck, Aaron, whoever's on the call. After you donate $4.2 million to the government, what do you get uh, as a pension? Right. As a ratio of this donation, you've donated $4.2 million. What do you get? And that's just the start, by the way. That's not the damn... um, Yeah, it's ludicrous. You're dead right, Aaron. You're dead right, mate. It's absolutely, insanely ludicrous, right? And, um, you know, yeah, (laughs) I love that. I love that, Chris. Yeah, four-fifths of FA, right? That's a technical technical term, and uh, you're dead right. Uh, Fritz, how are you, mate? Good to to see you. Fritz, uh, Kang was reaching out to you, so keep an eye out for a, a message from Kang. Um, so, you know, if we put it in terms of, you know, so some of you have seen this before, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, and who gets who gets their their pot, their part of your life, right? The ATO gets Monday and Tuesday, you know, the super company, you know, if you don't have uh, a plan for your super, then you're making someone else rich. You know, the bank uh, is getting Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, then probably if you've got a credit card, the bank gets another piece of the action. And then hopefully, hopefully you can live off of, you know, you can live off of uh, Friday. That's Friday, by the way. It's not a tea. It's a, it's a Friday. So that's, that's how most people's lives work. M- yeah, move to Singapore. And David, it's not a bad now, there's actually some conversations around that at some point when you're, and this is quite sad for Australia, when your wealth gets to a certain point, it's actually more beneficial for you and your wealth to leave the country. How ludicrous is a system that says when you get successful, we're going to tax you that much that you should move. You should, you should take your wealth away uh, and spend it elsewhere, not in the country you made it. It's fucking ludicrous. Like, it's, it's anyway... I won't get on my high horse today because I've got some other stuff to talk to you guys about. But here's the drill, folks. Here's the drill. You know, you've got this amount of money. If you earn 120, 150, 180, 2.4 million in taxes, 3.5 million, 4.2 million in income taxes that you would pay over a 40-year period, right? It's ludicrous. Then you come to your, your week and this is what's going on with your week. How do we manage that as a property investor? A property investor. Well, here's what I know, and here's why. Um, here's why I like new property in Australia for property investors, because um, if you are on $120,000, 120K, right? If you have five new properties, so if you have five new properties, guess how much of this tax? at least over a 10-year period, you can get back. A 10-year period. Uh, and then what do you do every 10 years, folks? What do you do every 10 years? 
you buy another five new properties. And then the second, the third 10 years, you buy another five new properties. And the, then the fourth 10 years, you buy another five new properties. How many properties do you own over 20 years or 30 years or 40 years? Well, you know the drill. Listen, if you have five new properties, you can get back in taxes. This would be around about $30,000 in tax. That's how much you would pay, right? You would get back twenty to 25000 Listen to me. twenty to 25000 back in your pocket for cash flow. And this tax here, if you followed the strategy that we showed you, the ultimate tax you would pay might be about 500 and you would get $2 million over 40 years back in your pocket. And that's why I say don't sell because if you sell, you have to add back the tax and then you have to pay capital gains on it. But don't get too caught up in that. This is the difference. Use the tax that you would donate to the government. You're going to do it anyway. And buy yourself a property portfolio that saves you $2 bucks and makes you wealthy in the future. Tell me, if you did that, if you followed that plan, <laughs> uh, how much? Uh, we might get uh, Chris to do a technical, a technical analysis. Uh, Chris, instead of four-fifths of FA, as what we would get from the government after donating, donating $2.5 million, how much uh, would we be able to create out of our own uh, contribution to our own wealth into the future using the rules and the system we have right now? Maybe Chris could put that in the chat as a, te a technical analysis for us <laughs> as we go. So, folks, here's the drill. Most of us think we need more cash flow, and, yeah, probably, you know, it wouldn't hurt. But I can tell you, you're donating money or giving it away, and you're not using it uh, uh, as we go. Yeah. Yeah, David, they've been tinkering for 40 years, brother. Um, Listen, here's, here's, what I, here's what I believe about negative gearing. Use it while it's here. If it changes, that would be awesome, David, because it'll actually, as a property investor, make the rents go to where they should be, which should be about 7 to 9% rental yield. That's where they should be, right? That's where they should be. Uh, unfortunately, that'll absolutely polax all of the renters and labour are a bunch of tossers right? Like, let's just face it anyway. Um, but I, I don't really care about negative gearing or positive gearing or whatever. I'm using whatever I can to get the outcome at the moment. And if something changes, then you then you can't control it. You know what I mean? But they always do, David. You know, uh, that's why new properties right now are the most tax effective because uh, they've, they've literally changed the ability for you to depreciate uh, a second owned property uh, and the chattels, the, the, all the furniture, all the stuff inside the building, it's actually zero now. Um, I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, maybe I'll do a, a, a live on that one. So they changed those rules, David, pretty significantly in 2018. And here's what I believe. They should like, and, and this is actually better for everyone. They should get rid of negative gearing because the rents will have to go up and then everyone can just 
cover the cost of the property from their damn from the damn rent, right? Um, and uh, uh, for um, uh, for capital gains tax, I think they should get rid of capital gains tax too, because that'll that that'll encourage people to sell and not hold properties uh, long term as we go. Um, so yeah, interesting times. Uh, depends on who you are, David. Um, that uh, for PAYG, a trust is a terrible idea. Uh, for a business owner, yeah, great idea, great idea. But again, that's um, that's uh, for another day, for another day. So, all right, we can manage our PAYG or income tax. What other taxes do we have to manage, folks? You know, these ones, capital gains tax, you know, this is with depreciation. Uh, how can we manage our capital gains tax? Well, there's a few ways, right? Uh, Make sure you own a property for more than 12 months. If you own it in your own name or you own it in a trust, you'll get a 50% discount, 50% discount on the the amount that you pay on capital gains tax. I'm a big fan of never selling, so you don't have to worry about capital gains tax, folks. But there's heaps of little opportunities in here. Um, yeah, that's right, Chris. They're friggin' liars. They said they were going to get rid of stamp duty when they brought in GST, and now... Um, you know, now, um, yeah, anyway, get me started on this. <laughs> so capital gains tax, folks, capital gains tax, 12 months. If you own it, you get a 50% reduction in the amount you pay or the calculation. Um, your own home, your Prince place of residence is capital gains tax free. That's why I'm a big fan of everyone owning a Prince place of residence and upgrading it a couple of times. Um, yep, Luke, absolutely. Uh, salary sacrifice into super is a great way. Um, to manage income tax for sure um, because on the way in, it's only 15%, right? So you can put money into your super at 15% and then in the future uh, when you retire, it, there's, it's a possibility of having zero income tax and zero capital gains tax um, in your uh, super. So zero for principal place of residence, Zero in your super at the age of, well, actually when you retire, could be 60, 65, depending on. Uh, zero income tax in the future uh, if you have money in your super and it generates an income. So that's pretty good, right? Um, where else? What else can be capital gains tax free? Business owners, you, could, you can own a commercial property that you run your business from. And if you tick a couple of boxes, you know, you've got to be 15 years in business and you have to have used the property for seven years and there's a couple of other things. But folks, listen to this. You can have a commercial property and you can sell it in the future, capital gains tax free. You can have a home, you can have property in your super and you can own a commercial property and pay no taxes, capital gains taxes, that, that one, right? Okay, that's what, and, and if you want to know more about this, get talk to your coach and your financial planner and your accountant as you go. <clears throat> land tax. Folks, land tax, um, you know, we've talked about this one before. I probably should split these up and do a bit of a deep dive, actually. But different states, folks, different states. At least three states, up to five different states or territories where you own real estate, okay? Why? because each state and territory has a land tax threshold. And if you own five properties, let's say in Queensland, if they double in value in 15 or 20 years, 
you'll be paying between 20 and 30 grand of land tax. But if you owned one in Melbourne and you owned one in Canberra and you owned one in Sydney and you owned one in Brisbane and you owned one in Perth, let's just say five across those different places, and they double in value, your land tax might still be even zero, especially if you own an apartment. This is what a lot of people, a lot of people go, oh, apartments aren't any good. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea. Shit, a shit property is a shit property, whether it's a, an apartment, a townhouse or a house, right? However, in the future, if I buy an apartment, which I just did, a really nice one, $1.2 million, and I buy a house for $1.2 million. Both of them grow in value. They'll double in value. My apartment will like every day of the week. They're worth $2.5 million. Now, cash flow, because that's what I want in the future, okay? That's what I want in the future. My uh, land tax on my house, actually, I've got this going on right now. Uh, my land tax on my house is going to be about $12,000. My land tax on my apartment will be about $1,500, okay? So this is the thing. Yeah, and different entities, you're dead right, Chris, in your personal name. In, uh, so you buy one and your, and your partner buys one and uh, in your SMSF. You know, a few of the states tried to jam you. You know, the Queenslanders like said, oh, listen, we're going we're gonna to make all the other properties uh, everywhere else count for your land tax threshold when you come to Australia or come to Queensland. And then what did the other politicians in New South Wales and Victoria say? Piss off. <laughs> we're not telling you anything about our... Uh, our land tax calculations in New South Wales. So, yeah, grotty, grotty, grotty uh, politicians always looking to change the rules uh, and jam uh, the voters. Pricks. Anyway, and stamp duty, folks. How can you minimise stamp duty? Um, they're, you know, different states. When you buy in different states and territories, all of the stamp duty calculations are different. Did you guys know that? Okay, um, so when you go and calculate the stamp duty, if you bought the same property in in uh, all seven places you can buy them in Australia, the difference in stamp duty ranges in ten thousand dollars, ten grand, right? So different states, different stamp duty, um, and absolutely, Beck, one of the ones that we love is you can buy a house and land, so you only pay stamp duty on the land right? And you uh, build the house and add the value, right? You pay 50% less or maybe even 70% less stamp duty than you would normally. I love it. I love building a nice house on a good bit of land. You end up with a brand new property in a, in a great area. Um, I just, I literally got my valuation back the other day on one I just built up in Wynnum. You know, it cost me about 780 to do the pack. Um, it took a little bit longer than I wanted, but you know that's construction at the moment. My valuation came back at 1.2. Very happy. Brand new property, house and land, fantastic depreciation, awesome rent. Uh, and imagine if I paid $1.2 million for a secondhand property right now, I'd get no depreciation on the internals of that property and I would pay full freight on the stamp duty, right? Just mathematically, it's better to buy a brand new property than a secondhand property, just straight off the bat, right? Um, maybe the future, if you want to add value or you want to renovate or you want to develop, then you know maybe a secondhand property in, in a spot is going to work for you. But, you know, there we go. All right.
a little bit over time today, but folks, you know, there you go. And, you know, taxes, and I might do a little, I might do a follow-up one on this on Monday, actually, and I might talk about structures because how you own stuff is important too, right? Um, and if you're PAYG, if you have a job and you're a career-driven person, um, then 99% certainty, but speak to your accountant uh, and your financial planner uh, about structures, companies, and trusts. But owning property in your own name is going to be perfectly fine, okay? Especially if you've got a plan into the future. Now, if you're a business owner, company and trusts are really, really powerful. Um, and, and let's face it, folks, uh, a super fund is actually a company trust structure. Um, so if you do have a self-managed, then uh, that might be useful too. All right, that's it from today, folks. Yeah, uh, Alison, you know, maintenance on a second-hand property can be quite a lot more than you want it to be, especially in the first five to 10 years. You want your property to give you maximum cash flow and the least amount of costs. Like that's really the drill, right? So thanks, David. Appreciate you being here as well. Um, big shout out, Luke, Chris, Beck, Fritz, whoever's on the call still. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that's it for today, folks. Good to have you hanging out with me. Uh, it is Friday, so we'll do it again on Monday. Just remember that. Um, join me at 10 past eight and we'll do it again. Um, I think that's it for today. Cheers, Facebook user, <laughs> whoever you are. Great to have you here, folks. Thanks for joining. Uh, be well. Have a great weekend and see you next week. Bye, folks. <laughs>